0: topics that concern your life, your community, and your safety. This is 50 Info on Arizona's news station, KTAR News 923 FM. Here's what you need to know.
1: Thank you for joining us for another edition of the 50 show. I'm Jamie Rothschild, the Silent Witness Coordinator, and Silent Witness is a program dedicated and designed to make the community safer. And how it works is you contact Silent Witness if you have any information about an unsolved felony crime or a felony suspect. And if that information leads to an arrest, you call back, you check on the tip number you're given, and you could get cash for the information. It really is that simple. So if you want to learn more about Silent Witness or have information to share, please check out our website at SilentWitness.org, or you can call 480-WITNESS. Someone will answer 24-7. Again, it doesn't make a police report, but you can give information about a felony crime or suspect. Today's guest is a friend and uh, someone that I've worked with in the past. Actually, someone I have great respect for, Brian Cornegay. Brian, thanks for being here. Oh, thanks for having me. Well, and this is the part that people hate, but here's the reality. This is our, our history. Uh, you spent a lot of years working in the Maryvale Precinct, and I took a job in early 2000, which was the citywide SEPTED coordinator. And so for those folks who don't know, SEPTED, Crime Prevention Through Environmental Design, and there's it, it sounds simple, but there's a lot to it. And I think a lot of people will say every time you take a job, you, you want to follow someone who's not real good because you can always look better, uh, and you don't want someone really great following you. And that's kind of what I suffered. I followed a really great guy, and then you came in, and you took the job, and you just elevated it to another level. Can you talk a little bit about what SEPTED is, and then we want to talk a little bit about why you got into police work? Sure. SEPTED
0: um, stands for Crime Prevention through Environmental Design, and uh, what we do is we work with Preferably, what we do is we work with builders, planners, designers, um, designing on on new properties how to make them safer for the, the end user. And quite as police officers, we often get involved kind of after the fact, and we do a lot of retrofit, try to make the place safe for the end user. And we we focus more on uh, making the the property useful. You know, we don't do as much target hardening and making it hard to get into, but we want to make it we want to make it a useful property.
1: One of the things that I appreciate about what you do. Uh, because I'm not a person who can look at blueprints and plans. I'm just not that guy. Uh, but you go in and you work with, as you mentioned, builders and planners, and you say, uh, by putting the parking lot here and the natural break areas here, you now have a more natural surveillance. People can see what's going on. Uh, when people see you in the room and they hear your police officer, do they ever look at you funny and ask you, like, why why are you why are you here? And, or, or think they don't have to listen to you? Because they don't.
0: No, they don't have to listen because everything we make is a suggestion. There's no there's no code that requires them to do think It's our codes. There's fire code. But for us, there's no police code for building. Um, so what we do is we we make suggestions. And sometimes we have to explain why it would be safer or better the way we're, d- we're discussing it. But it's funny, yes, because I went to a lighting class last year. And I was – they go around the, light, the whole classroom. Everybody's introducing themselves and what they do. And I get up. I explain. I'm a police officer. And they're like – what on earth is a police officer taking a lighting class for and I had to explain, well, you know, I do septic crime prevention through environmental design. And the lighting is one of those big things to us. You know, natural surveillance, You can't, if you don't have good lighting at night, you can't see, You can't natural surveillance suffers. So I need to know more about, you know, especially newer light fixtures, LED and that kind of stuff. So I had a lot of chats with people on breaks wanting to know about crime prevention stuff and how it had to do with lights because these are all lighting professionals. These are what they do for a living.
1: It was kind of cool. Now we're going to get in the weeds. So when we talk about lighting, those classes, they talk about lumens and candle power and such that, that, that most people think okay I, why do i need to know that some people believe that just get the brightest light possible and that will make an area safer but bright light poorly aimed it doesn't accomplish the goal can you talk a little bit about someone maybe they have a they want to light their neighborhood for safety what what are some factors they should think about
0: actually yeah the human eye does not see because you have unfiltered light directly into your eye the human eye sees because light hits a surface, reflects, you, and that's how you see. Um, quite often, people throw up spotlights. Actually, I did it once. My house got burglarized many years ago, long before I knew anything about lighting. I went down to the local big box hardware store, and they said, Oh, this is the light you need here 300,000 candle power. Um, the thing made my electric meter spin. And I had my neighbors complaining to me. My, my neighbor Hank came down from two houses away, going, Brian, you need to point that thing down. Um, I knew nothing about lighting. Now I know a lot more about it. You know, lighting should not go above horizontal. Um, you know, we talk about dark sky ordinances. We don't need light going up into the atmosphere for us to be able to see. That's wasted light. If you put light directly into people's eyes, that's glare, and that can actually be more dangerous than not ha- and having lower light levels.
1: Somebody, what uh, they're going to hear you talk and they're going to think. You know, I want to learn more about that, and I know you can't be everywhere. We encourage people to check out the Phoenix Police website or the community that you live in. Check out their local law enforcement website. Uh, we have met wonderful people, both professional staff and sworn, who will come out and do those. Uh, you mentioned they're not threat and vulnerability assessments, but they're, they're crime prevention tours, basically, where they will walk through in and around your home and offer suggestions. Is that a, a fair thing to say? And, and what would you offer, Brian, if somebody says, hey, I want to make my home safer and I don't know where to begin? Uh, there's lots of things we
0: can do. I've actually instructed all the community – well, at least most of the community action officers on how to do these kind of things. I developed a, a home security survey people can do themselves. Uh, generally, what I'll do is – because a neighborhood group will approach me and go, hey, Brian, we've got 4,000 houses in my neighborhood. We'd like you to come out and do an inspection. I'm like, I can't possibly do all 4,000. I could, but it would take me quite some time, if years. not Years. Um, so what I did is I have a presentation I put on where I, I walk them through on how to do their own inspection of their house. And there's a check sheet that goes with it. It's very simple. It's very basic stuff. And I designed the check sheet as positive. So everything should be a yes. There any, th- any of the questions they ask, if it's a no, that's something that they need to consider working on. That, that means they have to make a change, but it's something they may want to consider working on. And um, I can put that out. That's, if you reach out to the city webpage, there's information on there. There can be.
1: There are a lot of folks who think I'm not handy, and I've seen a lot of the – I haven't seen yours. I've seen material from others, and these things don't require a high degree of specialization. You don't need extensive tools. We're talking maybe longer bolts and doors or perhaps enhanced window locks, Uh, depending on where you live. You you worked in a community where there was an older style window, and you came up with ideas how to do that. So is it fair to say that this is stuff that anyone – could do but if they're unsure they could absolutely hire someone who operates within that realm and and these things don't require a lot of money
0: Actually, it should not cost a lot of money, and it it is fairly simple. My my presentation is fairly basic. I try to make it simple for people to understand. It's it's not complicated stuff. And if they do run into something unusual, that's where I give them that. You know, like if you run into something you absolutely can't figure out, give me a call. I can come out there and take a look. I've looked at some stuff. I've been at the Westward Ho, a very historic hotel in downtown Phoenix, and they have some very unusual window locks that we had to come up with some solutions for them because there are some strange things were built. You know, in the last hundred some years. So we can come up with solutions.
1: I have seen you working at times <clears throat> seven days a week. You're attending community presentations or you're teaching. I know it takes a toll on your family, but you've created something, something very cool. Uh, and you become an expert in this field. If somebody is out there and they think, okay, I, I maybe I'm not interested in police work, but I certainly want to learn more about this crime prevention thing as a whole. We talked about checking our website for the checklist. Dark Sky Ordinance, all that stuff. Keywords, crime prevention through environmental design will start to turn up some really cool information, not just for homes, but for school and businesses as well. Oh, absolutely. And then, so we talked a little bit about it earlier. So I, I want to kind of get into what caused you to be a police officer, because I think a lot of folks we work with, um, you're one of the most calm, laid back people I know and oftentimes you're you're driving a pickup or you're wearing jeans because you're you're installing things or helping people some some folks we work with may not even know you're a police officer what that's caused true. you early on to say yeah that's the career I want to do that
0: It's kind of interesting you bring that up i am i'm a second generation police officer actually technically i'm a third generation police officer i didn't know my grandfather was a police officer and i brought that up one time to him. he he kind of laughed he said you know i was actually the police chief he said but you know what there's only two of us in this town so one of us had to be chief um but i didn't it was a very short time he was a police officer my dad did 32 years with the city of phoenix my brother did 30 years and i'm working on my 33rd year as we speak so
1: and and you're Okay. You said the years. I wasn't going to offer that. But you look in the rearview mirror. You had a great career. Your reputation is unmatched. Is it cool to say I created something? You mentioned, yeah, I'll put the information on the website. But the reality is your reputation amongst the community groups is absolutely rock solid. People talk about you and your skill set all the time. When you retire, when you leave that, is that going to be hard to walk away from?
0: I don't know. I, I I hope it's not, but I, I plan on still continuing doing some of the stuff that I do. I, I teach SEPTED on the side as, as currently, and I'll probably continue doing that. May come back, volunteer for the city. We'll see.
1: And your wife also was volunteering, excuse me, at one point as well. Uh, are you able to talk? Is she still doing that? Because that's how I got to know your family better. Yeah, she still does some volunteer stuff, not as much as she used to. So you're starting to near the tail end of your career Um, you know that a lot of community folks are going to miss you. If they want to learn more about what you do, they want to learn more about the community relations, community engagement aspect of your bureau, if they get on the Phoenix Police website and check out community engagement, there's a whole host of services that you and your peers offer. And so, again, that's phoenix.gov, check out police, and then scroll down to the bureaus. Uh, When you worked in Maryville, Brian, when I got to know you years ago, You were working very closely with the community action team. Can you talk a little bit about that aspect of your career?
0: Oh, sure. I actually enjoyed the community action officer position. You work real close with neighborhood groups. You help with... um Kind of long-term problem-solving stuff that you know, calling the police, you send a patrol car out there. We we kind of fix it for the night, for the day, and quite often there's long-term things we that need addressed. That that's where the community action officers come in. We think outside the box. Sometimes we come in jeans and t-shirts. We'll do a cleanup. We'll we'll get um, restitution workers out there and do something. We work at we work more at problem-solving long-term than simply taking care of tonight's issue or day's issue.
1: And I know you have a couple years left. But when you look back on your career, what was the thing that you enjoyed the most?
0: Oh, I enjoy working in some of the challenge neighborhoods. When I was first um, assigned to Maryville, I worked up north, and, and I made probation. They sent me down to this area I'd never worked before. It's interesting because once I got there, I realized how many great families were living down there that you know, it were really nice to get to know those people and help them out. And that's where I worked as a community action officer as well, so it gave me that opportunity to help them even more.
1: When we talk about the Maryville community, um, I used to work off-duty in that area a lot. That's how I got to know you. A lot of folks that we uh, have in in common. Uh, When Officer Mark Atkinson was killed, uh, we hadn't lost an officer in, I think, 10 years prior. The Maryvale community came out in what I can only describe as the most overwhelming display of love towards their police officers. I've never seen anything like it. That time in your life, does that stand out? Did you have this great sense of service and pride and, uh, for lack of a better word, love for the community that you you were a part of?
0: Oh, absolutely. I hate to say it was a great time because it was not a great time. But what happened, I mean, you see people come out that you hadn't heard from. The support we got was amazing
1: watching uh, there was a march in the street and not a march it was more of a parade in mark's honor and watching that uh, I wish I wish every I wish every police officer didn't have to go through something bad to see that kind of support sometimes it takes uh, a a tragedy to bring the best out of people but man to this day when I look back and I think of you and some of the folks that we that we worked around it was just an amazing time when you think of the amazing folks that you worked around throughout your career you think that's what you'll miss most?
0: Yeah, I'll probably miss the people I work with. I've had some really close um, employees I've worked with that, although they've retired, I'm still in touch with them regularly. Uh, I see that will continue. because I will probably still continue working with the community in the future.
1: You know, it's funny. When, you, I, when some people think of police work, they think of what they see on TVs or the movies, and the ability to impact people's lives long-term, I think, is what means most to us. And, Brian, you have done that. You've made not just structure safer you've made people safer you made them feel safer um and and i'll tell you i talked to a lot of community members and you you are loved in the community for what you do so uh, thank you not just for what you've done thank you for what you continue to do and you really have made our department and the community a better place for it
0: well thank you for having me. i appreciate that
1: I know you hate I've enjoyed every minute of it. So, yeah, And you know what? You, you actually have, and I love that you made your family a part of it. If you want to learn more about what Brian does or any of the amazing opportunities within the Phoenix Police Department, please check out phoenix.gov employment or phoenix.gov police to learn more about career opportunities and resources out there. Thank you to Bonneville. Thank you to Ed, our producer. Until next week, stay safe.
0: You've been listening to Five O Info on Arizona's news station, KTAR News 92.3 FM. For more about Silent Witness, go to silentwitness.org. That's silentwitness.org. Or call 480-WITNESS. That's 480-948-6377.